My name is Onika. Nice to meet you, Onika. And thank you so much for taking the time to hop on with us. You're welcome. It'll just be me for today. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know if you know about our team and what we do, but basically it's, um, we have a team of about 12. I have a, a podcast co-host who assists me in the production of the podcast and uh, the rest of us mostly do video and photographs and reporting on the, on the ground. So um, unfortunately just me today, but I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll be familiar with the rest of the team in due time. Okay. So really, I wanted to talk a little bit about just your story and your background. Um, I just, I find it really interesting, um, kind of the different obstacles you've had to negotiate in your life. And you started this organization, to my understanding, to help folks in the trans community so that they won't have to encounter the same obstacles. Is, is, mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about your organization and your journey to get here. Well, okay, so my journey, I wanna start with, I was adopted at four. Um, I'm originally from New York City, um, but me being adopted, I ended up you know, being in a system and growing up here in Washington, D.C. Um, and being in the foster care system and a lot of people not listening to me by my needs of me wanting to transition, people without thinking that I was crazy, putting me in a lot of mental institutions because of the things that I would say about me wanting to be a girl. Um, where else? Okay, so then after that, I ended up being homeless after the system because my foster mother that attempted to not pick me up because she got charged with neglect for beating me. And I went to middle school and told them. Um, so she ended up getting a neglection charge and she refused to come and pick me up from PIW, which is the Psychiatric Institute of Washington. Um, and she basically just gave me to the system. So I went back into the system and went back to the group home setting. And I was being mistreated a lot not really understood so I ran away and just since 14 I've been on my own out of the system on my own then I ended up getting stabbed in 2010 um for doing my own my being my own self and transitioning because I ended up finding sources to get hormone pills and therapy and stuff like that so I ended up transitioning in my own timing um then from there I met this lady named Ruby Corrado. I don't know if you guys really know of Casa Ruby. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with it, but not well versed. So she has basically took me from the hospital because the hospital told her that there was no parents or no one coming to get me. So they told Ruby and Ruby came to the hospital to came and come and get me. Um, I didn't have anywhere to heal from my stab wound. So Ruby allowed me to be at her house to heal. And then from there, she housed me in one of her housing programs. And from there, I stayed in the system, worked my ass off to try to get housing. 
um, my time was getting really low because at 24, they, they cut people off at the agencies of what they want to help people with because at 24, they're considering me as an adult, so they cut off all services. Right. I was on the verge of turning four, and Ruby has done a tremendous job with using her advocacy to speak up for someone like me that was not getting her voice heard from people. Like I, I would tell people my, my story and tell people what I'm going through, tell people that I need help, but no one would want to listen to me because I was just a young, dumb youth that was not just, they, they considered me not listening to the system. So to them, I was someone that's just doing reckless stuff, just being out in the street. But with all of that being said, um, Ruby helped me get housing eventually, which I am now housed. And I just wanted to figure out another way to, for vulnerable other youth to not go through what I'm going through. I ended up having to sex work and to this day I'm living with HIV because of sex work. Um, so I just kind of like feel kind of bad of these things that we go through as trans people, like we're, we're put in the middle of it, but no one wants to help us get out of it. So there's a way that I wanted to help them get out of their situations. And me doing mutual aid funding is another way for these youth because I can't touch everybody. I can't help everyone. I can't be there. I can't appearance myself at different states to help everyone. But what I can do is I can make sure and do my part with my mutual aid funding page that I have to make sure that they get the right help that they need. And if anybody does need like housing, I try to reference them to Casa Ruby or other places that I've now trying to get more resources on my page that I, people are giving me to utilize. Um, I try to utilize that. But from there, yes, that's kind of where I'm at today. And today I just, I'm just trying to do my best to help my community out because nobody else is wanting to help us. Well, thank you so much, Anika. I really appreciate you hopping on with us and telling your story because um, obviously, you know, the trans liberation community, I'm sure you're aware in New York City uh, is pretty large as, as far as the whole of the protest community. So there's a lot of awareness, um, but nationally, not so much. Um, you know, you continue to see the names almost on a daily basis of people in the trans community who end up dead and they're dead named or the cases aren't vigorously pursued uh, based upon sexual orientation. And uh, I, I think the vantage point that you're providing today is just so important for our audience to understand um, there's so many people out there in this country that are struggling on a daily basis just because they're trying to be their, their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm gathering from you. Um, so I really appreciate you hopping on and chatting with us. I did want to just quickly ask you, how long ago was it that Ruby came and basically signed for you so that you could get out of that, uh, out of that particular? Um, I want to say at least maybe four years ago now. It's been four years now since that because I've been staying at her shelter place. I, like just two years ago, I just obtained it housing. Mm -hmm. So like literally 
So I've been in Casa Ruby Homeless Shelter for at least three official years. All right. Now, as far as your organization, DC Black Trans Support, mm -hmm. uh, how long has it been up and running? And, you know, you've talked a little bit about some of the goals, but if you could talk a little bit more about your mission statement, the kind of progress that you've made since uh, starting it to begin. Well, to be honest with you, we've only been running for, I want to say, six or seven months. Um, and the pro progress, it gets there, but I, I try to want to help the DC trans, black trans girls. I understand everyone needs help for mutual aid, but my main goal is really to help the ones here because they go unspoken and no one wants to hear from them. Everyone else gets help, but half of the DC girls here in Washington, they don't even know what mutual aid is. So with me bringing that to their attention, they're like, wow, other people are doing this in different states for to help other people? Then why we don't have one? Or, you know, people are not doing that for them. They're either starting an organization and making housing, they're not giving them mutual aid. And housing doesn't stop. Like, I mean, like not housing doesn't stop. Your homelessness does not stop just at housing. Just because you get housed does not mean, oh, okay, we, we solved your equation, you're good now. No, that does not stop there. Right. And, and, and I keep trying to tell people that, I've, that you're looking for. I've been, I've been housed for two years and the only thing that have helped me was mutual aid funding. The, the government, they're giving me like the food pantries, there's not enough. <laughs> I can go get food stamps, but it's still not enough. So with me noticing all of these things, I tried to figure out another way. How do I gain myself to live appropriate like everyone else? Yep. Like without struggling, without having to say, can somebody or, or having to go in the code and wait in a long, long line that I feel like I'm never gonna get to because when I go to the food stamps, their line is like all the way to the corner. And by the time I get to the front, where I'm sorry, we're closed. Come back tomorrow. I have to repeat this all over. Don't have money for transportation to keep doing this. So we've progressed in a lot to help a lot of youth, but a lot of youth don't know about it. So I've tried to do my own thing by seeing them on the street, by telling them what this is. Like I, I see people on the street laying down, like I know, or I went to school with, and I pick them up to tell them, hey, there's something called mutual aid funding. I start one and you, if you create a post, I can help you probably get back on your feet. This is something that I've done for a couple of youth and they've said that it's really have been helpful. So I wanted to do my own thing with starting the organization. My mission statement is really to open up a house called Onika's House for those living with HIV and AIDS. Because there's no housing for them either because those are the youth that don't wanna really say that they have it or they're just living and, and don't wanna come to their reality. And that's fine with me, but I just wanna make sure that those people are safe. I wanna make sure that they have a home or a shelter place where they know that they can always come to to take a shower 
that they know they can always come to to talk to somebody for therapy. These are the things that I want to make sure that is available for our youth in the up and coming years that's going to come. I want to make sure that my organization goes down like kind of like Ruby. Like I want to do something similar, but I want to, my main focus, I want to focus on people that are living with HIV on a daily basis because I, me personally, I have depression and I go through a lot with my depression. I don't want to be around people a lot. So this way it's, I'm able to focus on working alone at home and I still get to help people, even though I'm not really good with talking a lot in front of certain people. But because my trauma sometimes hit me back with my stab wounds, I get feared of walking outside thinking that I'm going to get attacked again. So I, I try to keep myself inside. Nika, did anything ever come, uh, any criminal charges come of that incident where you were stabbed? Um, for the person, yes. But because the person was already in the LGBT community, I decided not to press charges because they considered it a hate, biased hate crime because we were both in the same community. So this is what the officer, the officer told me that it was a biased hate crime. And they asked me, did I want to press charges? And because I did know that person and I felt like that person just made a mistake as being young and we're all vulnerable at the same time, we don't know no better. I did not press charges on that person. And I see this person to this day and they thank me for saving their life and they apologize every time they see me about stabbing me, that it wasn't even for me. Wow, what strength, what strength you must have uh, to have the foresight to protect someone in your community who directly physically harmed you. And beyond that, as you've alluded to, has caused trauma in your life that you seem to live with um, almost on a daily basis but to be strong enough to shield that person from the criminal justice system and then to come out on the other side and have that person thank you every time you run into them. I mean, that's... Because they were gonna give him five years. In five years of wasting someone's life over a mistake and us being young kids, there's no way that the justice system would have seen that as, as valid to send someone to jail for being young, homeless. Mind you, this situation was a homeless situation. We were both homeless. We both had nothing going on with ourselves as being young. <laughs> we both were runaways. And I knew this person's situation, but I did not think that this person was just mad enough at me that they would not focus, focus enough to see that it's me who they're stabbing. And I understood that when I seen them handcuffs on that person and I was sitting there leaking out blood in my back. So when the detective did tell me, hey, did you want to press charges? I said, no, I don't want to see another LGBT youth going to jail, being subjected to the system because we don't know how to handle situations or forgive anyone. It, it should not be five years and ruin someone's five years of something that they can become. And to this day, that person is a lawyer. Oh, wow. To that person, this person has become a lawyer because of the thought of someone saving his life of not going to jail. So this person is taking up law school to take up for the black trans community as we speak. And how does that make you feel, Anika? That makes me feel really good that I'm helping someone and I did shield someone, but it also kicks me back in the ass that I fear walking outside. 
Nika, I want to talk a little bit about just kind of the daily struggle to be yourself, to be your authentic self. Um, and, you know, some, of course, there's plenty of people in our audience that are aware of it, but um, folks in the cis community, they're not going to have to walk in, in those shoes, uh, especially those who are white and cis. Um, so talk, can you talk a little bit about like the effects on your daily life as far as um, employment is concerned, you know, where obviously it's come to a, a point where you have to rely upon mutual aid. I'm assuming that's because there's a struggle uh, of you being you and, and being gainfully employed in doing so. Could you talk a, a little bit about your interactions uh, in regard? So, when I was homeless and I was dealing with the Ruby situation, um, I was in the shelter. I, Ruby kind of helped me try to do applications. I, I didn't know how to really read on my own. I was in special ed, so I kind of needed an aid 24-7. It's not really, when you hit a certain age, there's not too many people that will aid you for your own disability. They think that you're just grown enough to deal with things on your own. So I, I asked Ruby for help on getting a job. I wanted a job. We filled out things together. I've done interviews. People said they were gonna call me back. I've never got a call back. So what Ruby did do, because she's seen me trying and being so hard and dedicating and wanting to get my life back in order, she gave me a job at Casa Ruby as an outreach worker. So this is how I kind of came into being a really good advocate because the outreach kind of led me to noticing what the help were where the needs were in our community. So getting a job, to be honest right now, this is the only thing I can rely on is, 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 is for a job because I feel like I tried my best even when I you know, didn't want to. I tried my best to get a job, I, I tried, but I think people are so looking at me being who I am and because I am, I'm visible, I'm, I'm a transgender that is visible. I am not passable. I am visible. So I'm pretty sure when people walk down the street, they know that they can see that I am a trans woman. So it, it kind of makes people's hate. Like even one time I tried to get a job at Urban Outfitters and they told me I don't meet the standards. Really? <laughs> I was kind of appalled, but I ended up telling Huh? What standards were they referencing? At that time, I was young, didn't really want to be combative with people, so I didn't know what the standards were. I just was okay with that, with them giving me an answer saying that I didn't meet the standards and I didn't ask them what that was. Um, I asked Ruby, and I told Ruby the same thing. Like I told her, I said, this is what they told me. They said, I don't meet some standards. She even said what you just said. She said, what is those standards? What do you mean? You got to be a certain way to, to get a job, to obtain, to work? There's no way. Um, so with me being an outreach worker for Casa Ruby, I ended up working for, since my homeless times, I've before I got my housing, um, that was my only job. So from there ended up, you know, Casa Ruby ended up losing funding for outreach workers. So I ended up losing my job. So here I am at 
doing my own thing, mutual aid funding for people. In hopes that someone in your community will not end up in circumstances that you've had to endure. Yes. That is as selfless as it gets. Um, Onika, I just think your perspective is so important. Um, just for everyone to know, regardless of the protest movement or Black Lives Matter or trans liberation um, initiatives, uh, I just think it's so important for people to hear that these are not one-off stories. You know, we occasionally see this wonderful write-up, very rarely, but on occasion, about someone in the LGBTQ community and you know, it's several pages and a major publication. And for that moment, we get to experience those who are not in the community, I'm cis, uh, get to experience or understand or gain a better perspective as far as what people in this community are experiencing on a daily basis. Um, so for you to be able to walk us through it, um, it just shows a lot of bravery and you've shown bravery in your story and courage in, in the obstacles you've been able to overcome. Um, and here you are in a situation where, where you feel your hands are tied and you're somewhat limited and yet you're still reaching out because you want to help others. And that's just as, as selfless as I can think of, uh, of anyone's attitude or approach to life. So thank you for that. And I really appreciate you coming on with us. I definitely want to talk a significant amount more about your story, um, but I'm not going to keep you for too much more time today. Uh, just a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. Yes. Um, so moving forward with the, uh, with UC Black Trans support, obviously you said it's only been um, in existence for like seven months. Month, seven months and you're you know gaining a little bit of traction but you're working to get it you know to a, the next level what do you think is is the bridge to get to the level that you'd like to or or the next step that you want to take what do you think that bridge is is it's another influencer endorsing you um I, 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 making a connection to reach out to as many stars to use their platforms but it seems like we go unheard as well because we don't have a blue check. So I'm guessing they're not going to pay us any attention. I would love someone to endorse me to, to open up a house for these youth here in Washington, D.C. because the only thing we have here for housing homeless trans LGBT youth is Casa Ruby. And there's no way that it's only one. And New York City, I'm pretty sure they have a lot more. That's what gives me the idea to open up something different here. There's nobody having that here. And then the ones that they do have here, they keep shuffling them. They keep changing them, telling them to go to this one, to this one, to this one, to this one. I need one that they're going to be stable and feel safe. No one wants to keep having to have a therapist that changes every six months. So who wants to have a home that keeps changing every other month either? No matter if I am homeless, 
this is a homeless shelter that I feel safe at. I want to be at. I'm going to keep coming here. But if, 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 if the, the government keeps not funding them, we don't have one. Because if, if you lose those the funding you're referencing, it makes it difficult to then employ people so that they can work their way out. You yep. Know? So that's that's a tight spot to be in. Um, you know, and again, thank you for enduring it. In this way, if I do open up a house, I can employ people. I can give an opportunity for somebody else to have a job as well. So it won't be going unheard. Ruby has given me a chance. I want to give that back. I want to give these kids, these youth, a chance to shine their future. But no one is trying. They're, I see a lot of people, you know, they're saying Black Lives Matter. You know, they're doing the protests. But when do our lives really freaking matter to us? Because at the end of the day, everyone can fight for what they want to fight for. Everyone is with their own things. But we're the only ones that go unheard every single time. No matter how much we stand up for each other, we still go unheard. There's no way that this is just, just putting us on TV and giving us pose and showing that, yes, it's a step up. But when are you going to give those actual kids a voice and a chance to show their talent? These are people that have probably those advantages to make, make it on film. These are people that probably have people that, that love them. What about those that are just making it off the streets in order to want to tell a story? When are we going to give them a chance? Because I was the same person on the streets. I was the same person sleeping at a slide, a playground, the same exact person. And I'm sitting here wanting to give my community that's coming after me a chance. Just so powerful it's just so powerful and you've spoken um with admiration of ruby can you tell us and our audience a little bit more about what ruby is meant to you and how what regard you hold her in she was an angel that was sent to protect me i really feel like that because without that lady i would not have anything my faith of finding my family i would not have my faith of feeling like i am loved by a certain amount of community i would not have i would still have hate in my heart towards people because of the way that i was already feeling i, I was abandoned by at four years old i was given up imagine how that feels of not knowing your family who you come from people don't want to be around you because you are already different <laughs> That lady saved my life from feeling like somebody cared about me. Someone is going to listen to me. And that's what we need more of. These, these kids are voicing their opinions, but no one wants to listen to them. And how many times do we keep telling them to push? How many times till somebody really wants to listen? We keep telling them to push and they keep ending up dead when they keep pushing because they're pushing something that they don't need to be in. Sex work. We're pushing them to continue to make sex work be something when they're getting harmed by these people. I have got abused before in my own time. This is why I could not do sex work. I, I couldn't. I could not keep going forward. If I kept forward with the sex work, I would have did and dead. 
I would not be here talking to anybody. I would have been dead if I continued sex work. My mental state was not equipped for it. I'm 14 years old getting into sex work. There's no way my mind is ready for that. Thank you, Onika. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, in part two of the interview, we're gonna get into some more of these details with Onika and more of her journey to this point. Uh, but we are going to wrap it here for the day to give you some time to get on your work, uh, your diligent work that you're working on every day. Um, so please go ahead and plug away uh, for your organization and Instagram account and whatever else it, it is that you'd like people to bring their attention to. You will always have a platform here whenever you want to talk. And I'm really looking forward to uh, the next segment of our interview. But thank you again so much for the thank courage you. in telling your story. But please tell us, you know, go ahead, tell people where they can find uh, your organization and how they can get um, on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, uh, DC Black Trans Support. We also have a direct funding account for those that can't pick and choose who to help or not. We actually have a direct funding account. Um, it's on our page if for any other information or just slide in the DMs and I'll be able to talk to you all.